0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Life Well Done Podcast. Before we get into today's guest, I'd like to request that you please rate, uh, comment, share, subscribe, all those good things on iTunes to this podcast um, and, or Spotify, wherever you guys are getting us at. Um, and remember to let me know on Instagram if there's anybody in particular you'd like to hear from, have an interview or a topic you'd like to be covered. Or if you're looking for some kind of training, um, nutrition guidance, um, or you just want to chit chat? Hit me up on at, at Life Well Done on Instagram, it's where I'm most active, and uh, let me know what's going on. In the meantime, today's guest is AJ. He is a uh, cur- uh, strength conditioning coach at the facility that I'm working at here in New Jersey. Awesome dude, uh, quite the background. You know, today we're going to cover stuff from the basics, um, what health means versus you know training athletes, um, and even getting into if a hot dog is a sandwich. So be sure to check this out, uh, and again, rate, subscribe, comment, whatever it is. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, dude, we're somewhere good to go. So we were just talking a little bit uh, before pressing record here. Um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself here, just you know, maybe that two or three-minute story about how you got to where you are, um, who you are, and uh, let's see where this goes. All
1: right. Um, my name is AJ Pecule. I'm a personal trainer for myself, but I work out a tenacity fitness. Uh, I never expected to get in the fitness field, but was always active in weight training from playing sports in high school. Bulk of my career, uh, has been mainly in retail. So I've been, I was doing that for about 13 years and got to the point where I was a district manager, seeing multiple stores and dealing with like 13 different store managers. So the reason I stayed with retail, I just found out like so many people just are not genuine and really want to connect with people. And I just saw people couldn't do like the basics in life where it's like show up 15 minutes early. Uh, just follow the checklist and just make sure your people are okay. And then for, once I got out of retail, I saw some opportunity in the fitness field. Cause if you're in the gym working out, you're going to be taking a look at your surroundings and I just saw a lot of trainers that were just dis- not interested in their clients what's going on too busy chatting with other people and I saw the opportunity in that I like working out so let me turn that into a career
0: awesome dude um I know so I so for a little bit of backstory from meets like our relationship um obviously you got married moved to New Jersey um on a <laughs> random ass experience of like going on indeed i was i was working at a different you know uh, more of a corporate chain um uh fitness center uh, that will remain un- unnamed um but during that time i i had just moved and, and found your that's the nasty fitness um job post on indeed I Reached out like on a friday night and on sunday morning or monday morning i was like emailing steve what turned out to be steve or bill not sure so um, uh, it was totally steve and myself yeah. yeah so <laughs> that's kind of how our first experience of like me coming in and i remember my uh morgan and i like coming through and um like looking at the place and like i should walk in but i didn't um but funny enough like i came in and i got you know offered an interview so i came in and it was just it was like being back home as much as i could be without being back home and felt comfortable in the setting of like all right this is the box gym but a little bit different style than what CrossFit is and what I'm used to. Um, and it might be an opportunity for me to put like my philosophy in, but it, it also was like not such a drastic change of philosophy that I thought it would be an issue to work with like you and Steve and the other people in the gym. So that was, that was our backstory, of, like how I got to know you. Um, and luckily I feel really like fortunate that I did get that opportunity to interview and meet. Um, and that moment you and Steve and then later Bill uh, because it, it was, again, like, obviously, if you could be home, you can be home, but it was as close to home as I was going to get, at least in the t- for the time being. So um, that's kind of the backstory of how we met. Um, but from there, man, like, uh, I took to you pretty quickly, just because I, I felt that you were like a sponge. Um, you know, you obviously have plenty of experience now, like, uh, a lot of times people put experiences like, oh, it's 20 years, it's 30 years, like, no, I think that you've got good experience in small window, but you've been like really hands on with that experience. So it's like not how much time, but what you've done with the time. Um, and not to make it sound like you haven't been involved in this a long time. You just had like, you've been really efficient with your time, which I can appreciate. Um, you know, you're talking about retail, the fitness, but like management and client relations. And what you were saying is that you were missing you were you didn't like being not being around people that weren't benefiting or giving out the client relationship, and that was something that you wanted to explore more. so I can appreciate it. I've worked in retail a little bit and but all the retail I've worked in has been truly centered around like building relationship, and that's really what I enjoy about being in strength conditioning, work with young athletes and mentorship so um, that's pretty cool like I, I think that you've got a lot of good things, and hopefully we can get into stuff my one my first question or my first thing I want to talk to you about is. It, why did you leave out the wrestling experience right there in your, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in your Yeah. I mean,
1: that was a big thing too, is like, I t- tend not to throw that in right away. Cause the wrestling, I mean, you got people like saying like it's choreographed and all that, but I, it's same as kids going out and doing drama. Like it's just a little bit more physical that way. And it was involved with light tubes, bar wires, tables, so it was fun in that regard. Cause I mean, like if you played football and played under the lights Friday, you're just running on a different high right there. And it's one of the coolest things. Like I was fortunate enough to be around a lot of uh, people that ended up making something of themselves that are currently signed. So, I mean, that's how I got big into the lift and how I got on Jim Wendler's five, three, one and got up to weighing 225 pounds and Probably the most jacked I was at the time. So that's kind of where I started understanding there's a lot more than just doing, all right, let's do three sets of 10 for
0: everything. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's um you had posted a video not too long ago about uh one of your matches. And I thought that was so like it was funny in the sense of like, I thought it was cool as hell, just because there's something that's so unique. And yeah, although parts of it are choreographed, um, I had a buddy that he was very serious in wrestling and I remember going to some of his matches, and, like heckling him and just like being a part of the experience. And yeah, some of it's choreographed, but like that doesn't take it away from the athleticism of being able to, you know, fall and jump and lift and be acrobatic and explosive. And you're just basically showing all dynamics with acting on it too. Like it's, it's kind of an all encompassing sport. Um, I grew up loving wrestling, so I I don't care if it's choreographed or not. I thought it was cool, um, but uh, I I thought that was funny. I was kind of irritated that you didn't put that in the right way, but I'll bring it out. <laughs> uh, which one was it? The
1: video with uh, me going through the sheet of glass or the bar?
0: Uh, I think it was the glass.
1: Wait, I, no. The most recent one was uh, going off the ring apron through a barbed wire table, and like that's uh, what it was—the table. To, yep. It was uh, it was like oh diving in the Mondays <laughs> <'Cause> I was so <laughs> tired was. of everyone posting like oh I hate Mondays like i hate people that just hate mondays like it's just another day like you're you got yeah. the same
0: ugh. <laughs> yeah well not now we're in this quarantine i don't even know what day it is usually so wednesday i think it is yeah yeah monday tuesday it's a day um well cool dude i'm sure more of this stuff will come up but uh i want to get into some of the stuff about basics because one of the things that i think we both agree on is is not necessarily like rep schemes and crap like that like oh it's three by five or three by ten or whatever those things are kind of just arbitrary numbers they don't they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things how you get an athlete or a person a gen pop or whatever wherever somebody's looking to go um in terms of goals doesn't really matter but we talk about basics in terms of movements and programming but also in terms of when a new trainer or coach comes into the gym now in our setting you are the big dog um people look at you as as like the head trainer and and that's what you are and but part of that is you accepting new people and and allowing them to be themselves but guiding them and showing them the lay of the land in that uh, specific um, area so i don't know like basics new trainers your athletes i know you're working with um rv football and just how you're educating them um those particular athletes in the basics some of them had lifting experience some of them may have never touched a barbell or been taught to sprint or whatever it might be. So, um, I'll know. Let's, just, let's go down the basics rabbit hole because that's, that's really what everything yeah. is that's where the magic happens. I,
1: th- I think the basics is when we're talking about it, where how you brought up when we get new trainers at the gym, like they're, they tend to sit down and talk with me and just, I get to kind of interview them as well. But like, we'll use you as an example. So when you came into the facility, we looked, we had a nice little conversation just about your history experience. And during that whole time, when you're talking about your experience, we were just seeing if really at the end of the day, if Steve and I went out to the bar, if we'd be able to have a drink with you, bottom line is like, no, that's really what it is. It's like, if we can go out and have a drink with you at the bar, then we know clients are gonna wanna sit down and have a drink with you. And at the same time, too, it's like you're coming in the interview. It's like, because what are you at? Like 15 years experience coaching now? Uh, About 11. 11. Yeah, like that's for any industry that that's a good amount of time. Yeah, there's always more we can learn. But at the same time, when you're sitting down telling us, oh, I have 11 years experience. You weren't an asshole about it. And again, like, who wants to hire an asshole? Like, I've (laughs) seen that happen before. You hire someone and they think they know everything. It's like, oh, my philosophy is best. Yeah. How many clients do you have? Cool. Like now, you're too, you're not a coach anymore because you don't have any clients. Like, right? That's all it comes down to. Because if I know I can have a beer with you, and a client's going to have that, then I know we will be able to ha- set you up for success. And I think using you again as an example is when we had leads and how fast you acted on it. You were able to get in front of a lot of clients and build your book very fast that way.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's something like. I think, you know, when I came in, I, I made it very clear that like power athlete is my guiding light. But um, part of that guiding light is also being in a community that challenges everything we do and the way we think. And if we see that there's something better, we're, we're the first ones to, you know, we, we, we look at it and go, how can we change for the better? What works? What doesn't work? What do we agree with? What don't we agree with? And it's not to say like, again, like our philosophy is best. It's just our philosophy. Here's Here's our train tracks. And when we feel like it we'll shift over to the next one and we'll start going a little bit different direction. And to me that, I mean, I didn't think about that way, but that was really, it It was part of the feeling home. Like I I could hang with these guys. Like I don't feel threatened and I don't feel like I need to threaten them to be like, you know, put my figurative thing on the table um, and just be like, no, this is what I believe in. Here's how I am. I, I I believe in guiding people and having them find where they want to go rather than telling them what to do and just being a good human being. And I think that was kind of like that connecting drive for all of us Um, and really felt like it put me at ease. I was like, finally, it's not a sales pitch anymore. You know, where I was at before it was like, well, I walked around going like, well, you've got 45 certifications, but you are a dick. And like, quite frankly, I don't know how your book is full other than you're a good salesman. And I realized that everything in some, some way becomes a sale, right? Like you have to sell yourself in some way. Now if you go for the hard sale fine but like I just try to go here's what I am if you jive with me then let's work together if you don't no hard feelings like I tell everybody that too like listen if I think AJ is going to be a better fit for you let's give this a shot but if I, if I'm finding out that I'm not able to serve you the right way let me find someone that can it's not my job to tell you I'm right it's my job to help you get to your goal and like just creating that environment so to me that was really easy to to kind of Uh, mesh with and I like that there was more of like an educational mentor communication setting at tenacity versus like well this is how we do it you need these numbers and like no let's just grow a good environment a good culture and things will work out from there and like so far so good despite the, you know what's oh, going on right uh, now. Yeah. But like, um,
1: I, I think that was the other cool thing too, is like when we were talking with you and you brought up how you did the power athlete thing, like I lit up right away and I was like, Oh my God, like that was going to be the next cert I wanted to do. And Steve was like, power athlete, what? And it's like, I'll, I'll fill you in later. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the general theme with some of the stuff with uh, Steve and oh, myself, but with the co- coaches, because at Tenacity, we got like a little cl- uh, group that works with athletes based on some criteria that we have at the gym. But you look at it, you got you with at Power Athlete. You got me with CPPS, Certified Physical Preparation Specialist with, from Joe DeFranco. Then you have Donna with the uh, Mike Boyle cert. And then you have uh, Shannon with the Zach Evanesh. Everyone has a different cert. But at the same time, we're all going to be able to get our class. Athletes to their goal. Like, not one way is better than the other, but then it's also for me, I like that idea of it because all the certs are going to be different based on their own philosophies. And it's going to be fun to be able to choose, pick from other certs and be like, all right, like I see that working with Brian. Let me pick his brain on that. Oh, that's working with Donna. Let me ask her some questions there. Because at the end of the day, like, not everything's, I mean, you can, I'm running a brain fart, but you can pick from different areas and bring it together and still make it work.
0: Yeah. But and you, it's, yeah. it's one of those things of like, I learned this in hockey specifically when I started coaching hockey and I, when I left um, my first college, uh, you know, playing hockey, it was like, dude, if you're not going and watching other teams practice and stealing their drills and applying that drill to what your team needs are, you're not, you're not b- being a very resourceful coach. So like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You could take, this drill that AJ's doing and go, all right, I like that drill, but it doesn't work for my team, but maybe I can take this aspect and spin it so that it works for my team, but always keep your thing in the back pocket of going, well, here's the basis of this. How did I manipulate this to bring on two, three, four other ideas, and then keep growing from there? And that's how I've always kind of approached like coaching in, in strength, conditioning, fitness, whatever it might be of like, well, listen, I believe in what I do, but that's not to say it. I might have a client that comes in, that like, it's just not working with them. And so how do I be the best coach? I can go, you know what? I remember AJ and I talking about this. I couldn't get this person to stop running their back. Every cue I used didn't work, but AJ went over and used the PVC like this. And let me give this a shot. Boom, worked. Does it matter where it came from? Or does it matter that that person is better off? And then, you know, it would just kind of like, growing the culture of like, well, listen, if we can get one other person to have a really positive experience that benefits everybody, not just the coaches, not just the business, but the clientele in general, they're going to be way happier. They're going to bring in their, their friends and go, listen, it's a great environment. We love it here. Why don't you come experience it? And then the more people you're around that, you know, and enjoy being happy around, it just, you're happier around it, There's no way around it. Right. So to me that's that was always really cool i thought it was always easy to approach you know people like you and steve and bill and obviously Donna shan all the other coaches and dave and all those guys so um it yeah. was pretty cool as far as like new trainers now we we've, we've outside of me um with a little bit more obviously i've got my experience it just hasn't been here um, we bring in a new coach or maybe a young intern or someone looking to get in the field um as someone with the experience and the credential at this point like what's your first go-to with them? Like, you know, maybe it's shadowing you or, you know, whatever, however you want to do that, but what are you educating them on? What do you want them to do or see first?
1: Whenever, depending on the background of the person that we're bringing on, um, I'm at the point now, like I'll get them to shadow me, just see how I interact with the client. Just because when you're interacting with the client, like you're prepping them, you're asking questions, you're getting to know, see how I'm interacting with the client with them and finding out how their day's going and things of like that to get the buy-in for the day. But also that's a chance to look at them and find out if they had a good night's sleep. Then if they didn't, then I'm auto-regulating the workout, making adjustments here and there. And I can bring that back to the co- new coach and be like, Hey, like just because you wrote everything out, doesn't mean you're going to follow it to a T, especially with the way the gym set up. You got like a half hour to get a workout in with your, that's how uh, we have the session set up there. but you gotta find out how they're going to make the adjustments as you're thinking in your head, all right, we got squat today. Are they feeling it? Or are they not? Okay, they're not. So let's scale back on the weight and just make sure the reps are looking nice. And then afterwards explain that to the new coach, getting them to understand auto auto-regulation. And then I'm just making sure they understand the basics because I mean there's so much you could do with like a squat, a hinge pattern, a horizontal press, horizontal pull, like just the basic movement patterns and mm-hmm. if you can be a savage at that, you're going to get everything you need from the client that way. I don't think you have to get too
0: fancy with the workouts. Like simple gets it done. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I like that you said that because it's so often that, well, this is kind of one of my other questions too, like we will just blend the two topics, but with um, being in the current, the current climate of particular nation with the world right now with COVID, so many of us or our clients or people in general, are like, well, without the gym, what am I going to do? And you're like, it doesn't have to be this burn the house down situation every day. You don't like, you know, progressive overload doesn't have to be 500 pounds to 510 pounds every time. Um, that's what like with clients, I try to express to them, maybe I don't do a very good job, but I, I, I'm trying to get better at how to communicate this. But like, you know, in the, in the way we set things up at Tenacity currently is that it's the half hour. Well, I, I need to get you warm a little bit. So if you're not going to take that upon yourself, the first five or 10 minutes, at the very least, are at least getting the blood flow, because you're no good to myself or yourself if you're going to get injured. But also whether it's a new trainer or it's the client or it's just experimenting for myself, understanding what capacity or what can be done in a week two weeks, one month versus cramming 10 pounds of shit in a five pound shit bag in a one half hour session. You don't have to be dead every half hour session. If you come in two or three times a week with us, with me, and you might come in and do maybe one or two workouts the rest of the week, you don't have to marry like do everything today. Now with a half hour, it's a little bit tough. We want to get you moving other parts of the day just because like if you put come in three days a week for a half hour each, you've done an hour and a half. You've done 90 minutes of movement, exercise for a week. That's not a ton. It's, it's good, but it's not a ton. Now we got to be real conscious with nutrition, sleep, habits, all these things, but like, it's good. We can give you these basics and teach you how to be savage with them. But like, if we just warm you up and get you into a heavy squat today, don't think we didn't accomplish anything. We We, number one, got to talk about a lot of things in your life that are going on. We definitely got to overload you in that squat pattern, which is a good movement for changing body composition, changing strength, adapting everything. But like maybe that next, if that's a Monday, maybe Wednesday, maybe we do come to burn the house down. I go, listen, we're going to warm up and you've got 20 minutes of box jumps and ring rows and push ups and light thruster. And we just go, Hey, it's a breathing day. It, it's a metabolic conditioning day. You know, you can vary, you can auto-regulate, you can undulate all these intensities. But the reality is like, no matter what you do, are you bringing the intensity to that day? Now, sometimes we need you to just go for a walk because active recovery isn't going for a five mile run. The amount of force put into the ground there, the body, the nervous system is still going to go, what the shit was that? So it's kind of one of those things of like trying to experience that, but also then from our side, things like going, I got to give the client or you know what they want. To me, that's always something I try to teach or mentor younger trainers in and reassure myself of is like, you don't have to get everything done today and teaching progress over a week, two weeks, month, six months is really important for self and for your clients. You know, so it's um, becoming savage at the basics is probably a theme for everybody. And I don't think that's like some novelty thing. I think it's just something that, you know, we see all these people like doing muscle ups or bench pressing 7,000 pounds or whatever it is. And we go, I want to do that. And you're like, "Dude, you, you can't even touch you.
1: seven thousand pounds. Come on now. You know what I mean.
0: But like, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, you can't even touch your toes. So like, I don't know. Maybe we start there. Maybe we start with being able to walk from one end of the gym to the other without being out of breath entirely. And that's okay. If that's where you're at, we meet you where you're at. But it's like one of those things of you don't need the nicest, fanciest gym. So there's no reason, like, we can keep you moving throughout this time, this current climate with COVID and the gym being shut down. Um, But it's interesting of, like, how the basics never really go away, although people want them to because they're boring.
1: The unsexiest workout is the sexiest workout. I mean, come on. Like, you don't have to do a whole lot. As long as you're moving, you're doing the exercises. If you get a lift in and then throw in some mobility work for, like, active rest, like, you're going to be getting someone that's going to be, like, getting results at the end of the day. Yeah, dude, it's – God, it's, I love the push-up challenge, though. <laughs> uh, I got tagged so much in that. And then the best is, like, the amount of, like, when you're searching on Instagram because we're all sitting there looking on Instagram because we're getting bored on the day um, after reading and watching DVDs all day long for continuing Ed. But, like, you got trainers out there that can't even do a push-up correctly. And it's just, like, really?
0: <laughs> yes, dude, it's – it's challenging, man. Um, I wasn't going to do it. And then like, I don't know, I was like, whatever, I'll just be active, I guess. I put it in there. And the first one I filmed, I was going to have my ass in front of the like camera. And I was like, yeah, my butt looks bad. So I'm not going to post that. Um, but yeah, there's, it's tough because, you know, like I've seen some of your posts that you've got, like you're using a backpack, you're using tempo. It's like, you can still overload and create like, you know, said principle, like you can create a demand and adapt from it by changing these things, it doesn't have to be a heavy ass back squat or the heaviest deadlift in the world. Um, you know, Oh my can God, you changed te- the
1: position of the weight and now you got a brand new workout,
0: <laughs> right? Like it can be a tempo dip, whether, you know, on a walker like you were using, or it can be on chairs. <laughs> like, you know, we're using cinder blocks in our training a lot. And, you know, that's what I offered out to a lot of my clients and, um, it doesn't have to be pretty. And this is really just an opportunity to kind of, focus on a lot of the things that maybe we neglect during our normal training time and say like, wow, I was really weak in this position. I was weak in that position. And those are only going to make you come back stronger, which I think is cool. But um, are you able to work with anybody right now during this time? Like, are you doing the virtual training and everything?
1: I'm doing, I got five clients right now. I'm working with for the virtual training. One's a group session and the other two are individual. And then it's it's fun because the one athlete I have super freakishly strong for an eighth grader right now but at the same time you can see the mobility isn't there and he can't skip to save his life so we're working on that to get him to feel comfortable with his movements and get that mobility because when you see him squat it just looks uncomfortable for him and especially as a lineman if I get him down and have it where he is a little bit more comfortable in that position he's going to be blowing kids off the line and it's and even with that now, it's like more working on my communication. It's like, as a coach, if you're telling a client, all right, we're going to do, let's say split squats, but we're going to put the dumbbell in a goblet position. If your client's looking at you right there, you just, re- you need to realize that's just a new thing you have to work better with with your clients is explain the name of the workout, where the position is, because if they don't know the name of these exercises, there's some opportunity as you- for you as a coach.
0: hundred percent, dude. It's, um. A lot of times it can be frustrating like even when you're in person people aren't getting it and like there's times where you know just if you haven't slept well or something like that like where they're not getting you're like shit. how come you aren't getting this and you're like it's not them it's just not them you can never it's give always it the coach. A, right it's it's you have to find another way to communicate this whether it's showing it's literally putting hands on it's showing them again it's changing the movement all together and going let's start here Listen, maybe you're not able to split squat with the, the, the goblet. Maybe you're not able to goblet split squat. Can you split squat? Let's start there. You know, so it's kind of, I don't know, all over the place as far as, like, where are the basics? And the basics can always be simplified even further, like continually break down these components um, and, like, how we want to make things happen. Um, so that, that's kind of interesting. But I know you're using, like, backpacks, and you've been doing a lot of stuff outside as far as, like, logs and um so that, that's the, GPP. Cool yeah.
1: the backpack was something um because i signed up as a coach i definitely feel like you got to be doing some mentorships here and there just to broaden your point of view because it's like if you're sitting in the gym with the same few coaches granted all of us had different certs you're going to get stagnant and for me that was the one thing with the programming that I, I was doing with uh rebel performance those guys had backpacks exercises in it i'm like all right like this is something a little different all my kids have backpacks so they'll be able to load it that way all
0: right yeah just yeah you can throw dirt books whatever it is in there you add some weight which is cool um yeah i think that's i think it's pretty cool it's it's it is frustrating to watch like the burn in, burn the house down um group you know like every single day is like i have to be the most super intense workout ever and like i used to subscribe to that and it's hard not to like your ego always wants to feel like it's beat up but the reality is like you, you need to find some kind of recovery and Appreciate the days where, like, I'm at a three out of 10 versus an eight out of 10. Like, you just need those days to survive. Um, Specifically, when you're, you know, trying to lift heavier, be an athlete. The other side of it is like, you know, working with some of these young athletes where they go, I don't have a heavy barbell. I can't do this. And you're like, what an awesome opportunity to work on agility. Like, agility doesn't just happen, it's something like we got to teach you foot position, chest angle, posture. All these things of like, how do you change direction from running straight to going left? Well, you've got to understand the shin angle and planting the foot in the right, and then you've got to practice them. So, like, we could take the next two months and literally continually work on what does speed and agility really look like, and what, how do you perform? And that's only going to help you become a better athlete, a better mover, a safer mover. Um, and that part of it's kind of frustrating where you just see, like, and I'm guilty of this in many aspects of my life, like, where you just kind of go, I'm gonna lay down and die. Like I don't, I don't wanna do this. And sometimes that's okay. You know, like you don't have to be doing everything every single day, but you also can't get in the habit of doing nothing every single day. It's just weird balance of like, listen, you're not feeling it. Okay, why? But then you gotta move on. Like maybe the next day you need to go, or maybe you need to push through today and then take the next rest day tomorrow and just start to understand what self means. So it it's been I think the quarantine's been Semi-positive. I mean, for me, it's been pretty positive, and as internally, um, I've slowed down. I haven't lifted a weight in over a month, and I feel great. Like I don't miss the weights very much. Um, I, I'm enjoying exploring new movement and like trying to get my body back to structural, like structurally feeling good, um, and like starting over, resetting my foundation. Like, all right, go do things that you haven't done ever.
1: And I think this is only a good thing too is like for you not touching a weight is like, Hey, guess what? You're adding more to your book of coaching that it, no matter what's going to happen in gym, now you got more tools at your disposal to use with your clients. I think that's the way we got to look at what's going on right now and not be able to use weights all the time is just the other tools that we're adding to our set right now.
0: Absolutely, dude. It's absolutely, it's, um, it's been kind of fun. Uh, it is kind of like anxiety driven where you're like, I, don't know, I got all this time, but then every day I like do stuff. I'm like, man, I still don't feel productive at all. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's been an interesting experience.
1: Uh, totally. With, I mean, sitting there reading a book and then just be like, all right, I'm going to get better learning about this. Then it, you turn out to be reading about heart conditions and all that. You sneeze funny and now you think you're going to die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's That's like, kind of how like, it's going right now. Yeah, they say about like med students or like they read about a disease or pathology and you're like, oh, no, I have that. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe that's what's wrong with my shoulder. Maybe that's what's wrong with my, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, um, but
1: I, th- I think with everything going on now too, you got to look at your clients and what they have. I got a high school kid that has no responsibilities then other than going online, doing his classwork, and then working with me five days a week. He's going to be able to sure. do more. Now you got a client that's still working from home, has two kids at home that need help with their schoolwork, you got your own work to do, you're going to be a lot more stressed. So I think like the whole like mantra I'm seeing on Instagram is like, if you don't come out of this with new skills, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, shut up. You're 21. You have no kids, no responsibility. You're living at home. Of course you're going to be able to do that. Now, parent like with two kids, nah, it's going to be a lot harder. As long as they get through their normal day, that's all you're really focusing on with them. Right. That's my pet peeve right now with coaches online.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I mean like going out and actively seeking something to learn versus maybe you don't even recognize like what slowing down is teaching you. Like I just got off. Uh, I was telling you before we got on here, I just got off a call. We, we read the book um, in this group uh, called uh, stillness is the key by Ryan holiday. Oh, nice! Um, great book. Like awesome, awesome book. It, it applies to every single day for in, in any capacity to anybody. Like everybody's going to take a little something different out of it. Um, but like I was telling them like, I almost have more anxiety about when this thing is lifted and going back to work because it's going to feel like way more chaos for me where it's like, got to get this in, got to do this, got to get my own fitness in, like health, this, these people show up. And the reality is like, I actually feel kind of comfort now because I'm, I'm recognizing like, what is it that I need? What is it that like makes me feel good? I'm enjoying going for walks, you know, like spending more time with Morgan and doing more active things and like, not feeling like I have to do a million things. So like I sit there and go like, all right, well, whenever I wake up, I want to make sure there's a couple things I have to do. I want to read, I want to meditate. Um, I want to study a couple of different things, just to stay like sharp. And also for when this thing's lifted, I can take my next certification. And then like maybe find something that like, I want to learn, like I've been trying to read and learn more about the stock market. All right, it's not something I feel like I have to do, but it's just something I want to learn more about. And like, that's kind of like my, my hobby. And so it's something a little bit more like fun, but in my personality, I try and make it something I have to do. Um, So I'm trying to separate like the difference between like, what do you have to do and what do you enjoy doing? And then after that, like, I've been sitting, you know, we've been watching like Netflix shows and like trying to structure my day by going like, listen at night, I worked quite a bit at night. I'm gonna relax and enjoy actually sitting here for a change and watching Netflix and making that feel okay. I don't want it to be my habit. Like I, you know, okay, Understand the difference between like rabbit hole and just doing something enjoy you enjoy yeah. it like you know trying to make sense of all of it and not feel like you have to do everything or also have to do nothing. It, it's it's been an interesting balance that's been kind of fun to learn about.
1: Yeah. Uh, so with watching Netflix, did Carol Baskins do it? Oh. Yeah, that comment when she's like, oh yeah, if you're going to do anything, you don't want cologne, you want sardine oil, you just got to stop. You're like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) Isn't that like admitting something without admitting something? (laughs) Yeah, pretty Uh, much.
1: But I think like you you just explained a lot right there in that I think as a new trainer, like that's the other thing I go over with the coaches is like figure out what times you want to coach from, like understand that you're either going to have to be a morning person or a night person because that's when you're working around client's a, a client's uh work schedule so get ready you're gonna have to do either morning or night for someone like with how i stay busy is my mornings look like i'm open from 5 to 10 a.m summer changes because i get more people in the morning and then the afternoon it's 2 36 and 6 was a conversation that my girlfriend aaron and i had is that When six o'clock hits, you're done, you're coming home and we're getting together, having dinner and just spending time with each other. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to plan out your day. All right. If you want to get in walks like uh, Netflix, anything else on that, you're planning out your day and you got to learn to say no. Like that's a big thing they, everyone talks about in fitness. Like you're not going to be able to accommodate everyone and you're going to have to say no and planning out your day. Like you're not going to want to sit around for two hours, just because you got a client that doesn't, that can't get in earlier. You got to look at like, all right, how much money do you want to make per hour? And if waiting around two hours doesn't fit that, then unfortunately that client's going to be someone that you can't take on because that's hindering the life that you want to set.
0: Well, it's, it's, um, obviously you want to try and accommodate everybody. And if you can, you can, but like, it is difficult to get into the flow of things. You know, if you're, if you finish with a client at 10 and you're off until, 130 it's just enough time to do pretty much nothing you know like you get your workout in and like finish your workout you're like okay well now i eat and then like you've got like this weird half hour maybe 45 minutes where you're like uh you're like it's not enough time to go sit there and like actually get into studying or you know maybe, maybe it is maybe it's a hard excuse but like then you look at travel time you up and down and you're just like man it is a lot of work to balance that mentally um and that kind of like like one of my pet peeves is like when People go like, "I'm off to my real job," and you're like, "This is what I do." Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like people are like, well, "Do you do anything else?" And you're like, "No." Like, this is this is how I support me and and one day my family and like all these things. Oh, so it's yeah,
1: I buzz balls with clients that they're like, "Oh, off to my real job." I'm like, "That sucks." I'm a, I'm at my career right now. Have fun with your job, but yeah. like, I think that's how you look at it. So now, if you're talking about like trying to get your education and just work on business skills. Like, so my drive from where I live to the gym right now, that's a half hour. All right. Podcast. There's so many podcasts out there that are going to fit what kind of style that you like for coaching. Like I rock out to the rebel performance podcast, the Franco Robertson, uh, Brett Bartholomew. That's an hour a day. I work six days a week. That's six hours a week of podcasting. I can listen to that's more than enough to get education. Now, if there's books you like, well, there's audio. Uh, what is it? Audio file? Audible. Feel old. Audible. audible. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> God, I feel old for not knowing that. Um, <laughs> but you got Audible that you can go download a book, listen to that. Hell, I had to do that my first two years with Tenacity. I worked three jobs to support myself because when you started out as a coach, you have to have another job. And I was working in retail again. And I had an hour and a half commute for the one job. So that's three hours of driving on top of an eight hour shift and then spending an hour at the gym, building my clients, like my client book, but also marketing. So there's always a way, especially starting out to be able to get better at what you're doing as a coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, being diligent with your time and then also being diligent with your downtime, like giving to yourself, like. It's it, that was one of the cool things about this book club is like, we're like, we are staying away from strength conditioning topics. We are not reading these things for this thing. Like this is more of like a communication mindset self, like just learn something else. Talk about something else other than like aerobic versus anaerobic uh, power versus strength. Like, Oh, it, you like, you just need a breather from it. So that way you can stay sharp and, and interested in these things. Uh, it's like yeah. taking a vacation to, go do something else, you know, like, um, and trying to fit that in, which I think is cool. But, um,
1: then that's like the, my time right now, it's like not reading up on the strength and condition just cause again, like you don't want to sit there and get another program from a high school and the coach is like, all right, we're going to work power and speed. four sets of to 10. What? What? <laughs> but like right now, like reading up on movement prep, cause I only get a half hour. I feel pretty confident with how I'm programming strength and conditioning or well, the strength work and the power that, Hey, maybe at the end of the workout, throwing some cone drills or movement prep for an athlete and have them do it on their own.
0: Right. Well, that's, uh, I kind of have in here, like the difference between maybe Gen pop or health uh, versus sports. You know, you have these young athletes and there is some overlap. It's kind of um, outliers with some middle ground that stays the same, right? Like the movements are going to stay the same and eventually some things just kind of mesh together. But, um putting the basics in for all of them, but also like athletes understanding like, listen, not every day are you going to walk out of the gym pouring sweat. It's not necessary. Like we may literally take you for a half hour on wall drills and, and falling forward in your sprint so that way you can understand where acceleration comes from in, in foot position. And that might not take a ton out of you in terms of like what it looks like. You know, it might not be RPE 10 or 11, but it might be nervous system wise screwing you up. And like now you need to go home and sleep so the body and the brain can coordinate this thing. So that way, two weeks from now, when we go to sprint, you can put these into application. And then you know what? Thursday when you come in, we got heavy deads and we're going to burn the house down a little bit. Like I'm, I'm going to condition you. I might put you on the bike. I might have you, you know, cone drills, whatever it might be where we are taxing another energy system or, you know, different ways of challenging posture and position and where the speed comes from uh trying to educate to that and like i literally have written down here the question i want to ask you about like what health means versus sports and how you might train those populations but then also like why athletes and when i say this i mean particularly the parents um underestimate the basics in simplicity why they think that even for themselves when they come in to see us they need to be just burnt up you know like where's that where's it come from i've been i've been under that influence too before but now as i kind of evolve i go Listen, we're trying to learn. You know, This is the difference between looking at fitness and health over a one-week block versus just today, just this hour. Or maybe it's two weeks. Like, What do we accomplish in two weeks versus one day? And putting the puzzle together piece by piece like that. Um.
1: Uh, I think when it comes to athletes and gym pop, it's like, all right, the squat's going to be the same thing. And it's just more the education piece and explaining it. So um, why we're doing the exercises a certain way or why we're not beating the hell out of them. And I think with like the gem pop crowd and even the athletes, it's like, all right, like if you got to take it number two tomorrow, I don't like, do you really want to be like having trouble getting off the toilet? Like that's not necessarily an indicator of that. And it's like, if I always use the example, cause I hate burpees. It's like, all right, if you want to feel like you're beat up and feel like crap, all right, I want you to do hundred burpees in 10 minutes and let me know how you feel when you're done. And it's like, Oh, that was really tough. Well, no kidding. It's really tough, but it's not an indication of a good workout.
0: Well, that's okay. So we talk about this all the time. First thing was like minimum effective dose, right? Like how much do we need to make an ad, like adaptation? How much demand do we need to create the body's change? It's not as much as you think, but it's more than you'd be comfortable doing. But the other thing is like you talk about the burpees in coming from more of a CrossFit world, um, or being involved in a CrossFit world for so long, what is intensity? Now, emotional intensity versus physiologically intense. Because if you are doing something for one minute, and then you're resting for two, and you go, I finished it in 20 minutes. Okay, physiologically it may have been intense. But if you're doing 100 burpees in 10 minutes, you're probably crawling to the floor and crawling back up. Now it may have felt intense, But heart rate, heart rate was at moderate. That means it was probably in an oxidative state. Um, It it was, it was kind of low intensity in terms of how we would measure physiologically. So was it emotionally intense or was it actually physiologically intense? Like me telling you, go on the the bike for 20 seconds and pedal as hard as you possibly can. And now we're going to take two minutes off and then I'm going to have you do it four more times. That was intensity emotionally and physiologically, not just you walking away going, uh, I'm so tired. Like yeah. maybe emotionally, like maybe emotionally. So it's, it is interesting to understand like what that really means. And um, both everybody needs that conversation. There's plenty of times where I go, Oh my God, it was so difficult. And I like walk away two hours later going like, Oh man, I totally, I totally nailed that in. And it wasn't as intense as I thought it was. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I try to educate the young athlete on like, You you don't need you know I call like I always joke with Morgan about like the booty by Jane programs like I grew my ass like 15 inches with a band you're like no you didn't you're like there's not enough outliers out there to go against science you 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 can use the bands as prehab and in like maybe a a rehab or some kind of guidance a tactile guidance for movements squat deadlift whatever it is but like that's not how you grew your ass like (laughs) yeah I don't know. It's, it is, there's a lot of dogma and like, I guess you just fitness is very uh, cult. Like, you know, like you got to fit into some group and that's okay. Everything is at some point, but um, I try to truly educate to like the idea of like understanding the difference between physiologically intense and emotionally intense. And it's okay to say like, I needed an emotional intensity today. That's, that's fine. You may have had having a bad day and just need to move through it. That's fine. But like, don't sit there and brag all over the place. Like, I did 5,000 burpees Like, like <laughs> was emotionally intense.
1: How do you feel at the end of the week? You feel like shit. Great. <laughs> right. Right. It's, uh... My knees hurt and my shoulders are all jacked up now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously, dude. Um, what else you got? Uh, what are you working on? Uh, work just right now.
1: Really just, trying to broaden my horizon with how I'm going about coaching because being in the uh, setting we're at right now, when you only got a half hour with a client, there's, you get really got to just keep it simple. But for me with especially getting more athletes, it's like, all right, I got a half hour, but that's not going to necessarily get the job done for what they need. So again, reading the um, game feed book right now, and then even the exos, uh, I can't even think of the name of it. I know I sent that over to you, but like going through and man. yeah, just sit reading that one and just thinking about like how I can write out templates for my athletes, filming the video and then just send it over the link. So when they're done the workout, they can pull can it up on their phone because every kid has a cell phone right now. And then go through and do that in the gym while I'm onto my next client. Cause there's days where like, hell Wednesday morning you could see me. I'm going from 5am all the way up to 10am nonstop clients every half hour on the hour. And if I get done, someone like they can go off, do their own thing. And I keep an eye on them from a distance. That's kind of like what I'm going on right now.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's, um, and more than anything, that's been the challenge for me is like, it's not that I can't get things done in a half hour. It's that trying to make sure I feel thorough enough and making sure that the experience is there for others. Um, and also like not being, you know, when do you take the leash off or when do you lengthen the leash of like. Listen, you can hardly squat with me. I'm not gonna sit there and program a squat. So like a lot, you know, a lot of the homework is your conditioning. And if I were around like, okay, great. I can sit there and be like, yo, stop sending in, like mailing it in today. Like I, I need you to row faster, <laughs> you know, like make this actually physiologically intense. Um, that was probably the biggest challenge for me. And like obviously we have the opportunity to go to the full hour. It's it's more of, you know, what's the sales pitch and what's necessary for that person? Like what do they need? Um, it's interesting. I it's cool to see how like full circle when you talked about like introducing yourself, you talk about retail to fitness, and you talk about basically management and client relations, and you're still in that same role. You just found um, the delivery system to be a different different system, right? From retail yeah. to well, now I'm I'm selling movement, health, nutrition, wellness, athleticism, whatever it might be for whatever population, um, which I think is pretty cool, and it's it's been obviously we haven't known each other all that long, but it's been fun to kind of like watch you, your, your tires kind of spin and, and try to figure out like what's next for you and how do you grow? And we've, we've had plenty of these conversations, you know, you know, off, you know sidebar about yeah. just like, what's next? Like, how do you, obviously everybody wants to figure out how can they make more money or how can they deliver better, you know, experience for people. And most of the time it has zero to do with like, well, maybe we should try a three by eight like how many times do oh, you tell, tell a client like we're going three by 10 to get you know last set is three by seven and you're like all right let's go on to the next thing
1: <laughs> no it has to be three by six everyone knows that yeah And you're
0: like i honestly don't care all that much <laughs> like you know like if you're into powerlifting and stuff like that might it might be different feedback but all it really means and for gen pop is like i right, probably use a little less weight for that third set or maybe we're not here they're finally manipulated but like on to the next thing let's move
1: <laughs> gen pops just straight up like all right can you do two more reps? Cool. Let's let us slap 5 pounds on each side. Right. All right
0: let's go. Right. The two but, by two rule. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Or the 10 by two. Yeah. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, next step is like more looking at like, all right, like where am I at for my business? Like I know my demands there and it's just more like, all right, am I proving it with my continued education? And if I am and still getting results, um, then it's just more like, all right, let's charge a little bit more. Like if it works, then it works. If not, then, maybe that client doesn't work for me anymore and they might have to go to another coach. And now I'm still getting other coaches business. Cause at the end of the day, like if I'm like, I know my book's full and now it's more like trying to network with my clients. And if they have any leads, like it's getting them to other coaches at the gym so I can get them to have more clients, more clients, more money, more money, the gym's getting more. So I can be like, Hey Steve, we need another belt squat let's go get that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for like real. you look at the barbell collection like hell like we're we're doing good as a gym it's like dude the cadillac bar looks so dope from kabuki can we get it and Steve's just like yeah so it's getting more tools for us at our disposal like the cadillac's nice like client shoulders jacked up from barbell bench. cool we'll get them on that they feel great oh my God, I'm the smartest person in the gym. Their right. money's well spent. So, yeah. I mean- by, change, it, it, by
0: changing their hand position?
1: God forbid, like you change your <laughs> hand position. Guess what? They're not hurt anymore yeah. doing that. What, about, what about,
0: yeah, they're like, what about this? You're like, it's the action of pushing, you're fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, is my shoulder, just trust me, it'll feel better. Yeah. And then how like, when gyms get more money, like you've seen it, Steve, it's Monday, if we need pepperoni pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, Taco Bell. But, uh, but
1: like, uh, but that—that's what makes the gym fun. Is like not being so stiff and rigid. Like we can like bring in some pizza. Like, it, and also that's another coaching opportunity with our clients. It's like, well, why are you eating that in front of me when my goal is this? It's like, all right, like depending on like how you view your diet. Like as a coach, it's like for me, like I'll tell people, like, dude, let's track some calories and see how that goes. Other coaches, it's like, all right, we're gonna do keto. Oh, we're gonna do caveman or primal. If it works for that person, then so be it. But like not trying to make any good versus bad food comments. Yeah. Pizza's delicious. yeah it's just um, delicious.
0: I like always joked at like my balance is in extremes. So like, I'm like all carbs or literally no carbs. And like for the time being, that's where I'm at. I try and meet in the middle. Like right now I'm just a garbage disposal. So I have just been eating nonstop and uncontrollably, but it's like, um, it's part of being a coach is like meeting, meeting the clientele, where they're at and trying to not I don't know this is something I struggle with sometimes because like you know you know what's quote-unquote right but also like coaching them into it like you don't have to give up everything to get something we might be able to make one maybe we add some vegetables versus take out all pizza (laughs) Like, all right maybe if we can eat two cups of broccoli at the meal and then have your slice of pizza you're probably gonna eat less pizza you know, yeah. you know, whatever it might look like it's, it's, it's super individualized and stuff. So that's, I I don't disagree with that. Uh, but that as really a coach all, is just it.
1: being genuine and that you are coming down to your client's level and not like having that aura of like, Oh, I'm better than you. I can do this kind of approach where I feel like that's part of the reason why like just being genuine, genuine and honest with your client. Like, yeah, I'm struggling with food right now too, but this is what I'm doing. It's like much more relatable and like, My retention shows that too. It's like these clients see I'm not just throwing some BS out there. I'm doing the same thing they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, we'll start wrapping this up here. Um time kind of been flying here. Um what's your favorite learning experience? Failing. Failing? (laughs) Yeah. I mean What do you what do you feel (laughs) like's been your one of your biggest failures that you've learned the most from?
1: Um, I think the biggest failure is just not, is being too rigid in your ways. I did that with retail, had a lot of turnover, started getting a little bit more flexible, had better retention. All right. That works great. Applying that to the fitness, not being rigid with what's going on and saying like, Oh, it's deadlift day. We got a deadlift where if a client comes in and they're feeling a little bit beat up, it's like, right, cool. Let's skip that. Let's do this. Then right. that's a big learning experience right there.
0: Cool, man. I, I like that. I can appreciate that. It's a, uh... it's like, if I used to have a client back home where he'd be like, he'd he'd text me and be like, we should do, I want a back squat today. We're going to do this. I want core. I want shoulders. I want this. I'd be like, well, we got an hour. We'll see what we can do. Like, you know, and then at the end of the 60 minutes, you'd be like, is that all? I'd be like, dude, I just trashed you. Like we got so much crap done today. Like you did more than I did in my workout today and like done plenty. Like we're okay. But also like, I've also understood like the mistake of being like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do this today. We're going to do this. And then when they come in, like we're running classes, the gym's too busy. And you're like, can't have a back squat today. So I got to find a way. So just being like, yeah, we'll squat today. What and, do you like, mean heavy
1: back squat? You got to just stand around and do nothing and wait for the cage to open up and charge right. that client that time.
0: Right. <laughs> and it's just one of those things of like, how can we get done? Like it's always a joke to me where we're like, I try to make a joke. we like, I'll give you whatever you want. Cause anyway, if I'm good at what I do, I'm going to get what I need out of this thing while still making you happy. So like, if you're like, I can't dead with my back hurts, I'm going to find a way to mimic that motion without your back hurting and still get what I need out of this thing.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Guess what? You're making the client happy. That's what you're right. supposed to be doing to an extent. Right.
0: <laughs> like, is that what you had planned for today? Yep. yep. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like what we're focused on is making sure you are evolving and adapting. Um, if we don't have a heavy trap bar available, let's pick up a heavy ball and throw it. Yep not a big deal but um last well maybe last two pressing questions number one is hot dog a sandwich <laughs> dude
1: there's that matrix online about like the nine different food groups and how it is classified I, oh my god what was that considered it's not a sandwich because the sandwich is going to be two pieces of bread that are not connected at all now if it's uh, it's considered a taco because it makes like a u-shape so <laughs> a hot dog is it's essentially a taco
0: but if the bun breaks apart, it then turns sandwich. into a sandwich? Yes. Man, talk about a versatility.
1: All right. So now if you have a oh, – what was it? Crap. I forget what it was. I think it was like a, a quiche where you don't have the crust on the top. It's considered a bowl. But the second you put a crust on the top of a quiche, it's now calzone. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and this is the funny thing too like i'll throw out stuff like that at the gym or like some of the members because i mean they pick up on like my like quirkiness and easygoing nature that way i guess it's easygoing but like joking around with like a hot dog that that topic like that's how you get people to buy into what's going on at the gym so like uh there's aj what the hell is he talking about today
0: yeah who knows (laughs) he's standing up a broom (laughs) Yeah, he's
1: standing up in Broom in the middle of the gym. Why is he standing throwing, on the light like press yelling at someone?
0: Yeah, throwing the vacuum out the back door. that. there's a warranty yet. on that. <laughs> throw throw the vacuum out and realize there's a warranty on it two hours later. Um uh, cool. Uh so last question, man. Uh I told you this was coming. Uh, but, uh, just froze. It did it? Can you hear me? I still got you.
1: Oh, the vacuum throwing. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, no, that's not my fault. The vacuum's not my fault. I... Oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like freezing up for a second. I see point like, I'm like, yo, we can do this really funny thing. I could take the vacuum and throw it out the door, if we, if that's okay with you. Court, course, it's all his fault. He said yes. That's his fault, not knowing the warranty. Uh, he needs to know that as a business leader. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor response for It's good. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, last question. Those just was coming. Um, just what's it, what's it mean for you to live a life? Well done.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, just not try not to be an asshole. I think, I think I like it. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's the whole basis. How we go about hiring is like, all right, are you an asshole or not? You're not cool. I think you could fit in here.
0: Fair enough, dude. That's uh simple. It's basic. Savage, ba- savagely basic.
1: <laughs> it gets it, it accomplishes everything by being simple and basic.
0: That's right, dude. Well, cool, man. I appreciate chatting with you. I uh, appreciate a lot that you and in all of tenacity family have done for me and Morgan. Um, and hopefully within hopefully not too much longer, we'll be able to actually see each other in person and um figure out life from there.
1: Yeah. Um. Real quick. So. When do you think we'll, we'll be back at the gym? We'll make a gentleman's agreement or wager
0: on this. Man, I've been listening to what Murphy's been – is, is that Governor Murphy? Phil Murphy? Yeah. I've been yeah. listening to what he's saying. He's made some comments where he doesn't think it's going to be till June, July. So, I, I would say not any time before June 1st.
1: What week? June uh, – week two, three, or four?
0: I'll say week two of June. I'm going to go week
1: three. Gonna, so do you know, know how that I works, think, the gentleman's uh, wager? What do we
0: what are we putting the wager on? Huh?
1: Have you seen trading places?
0: Oh, uh, which one what which one is that? It's the,
1: the, the Ann ackroyd Eddie Murphy one. Where they get switched on the stock exchange.
0: I feel like I've seen I feel like I've oh, seen you, it. if you <laughs> haven't, you gotta
1: watch that with this quarantine right now. Because Bill and I joke all the time with bets, and it's just a one-dollar bet. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> not,
0: well first virtual handshake on that we're in um but yeah cool i appreciate your time um keep next again yeah absolutely we'll talk soon buddy all right later man later